Good evening, church. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. My name is Colin, the pulpit minister here at Central Church of Christ. This is Dan Spate. He's one of our elders. And here at Central Church of Christ, it's our mission to be God's heart and hands in this community and beyond. If you'd like to learn more about what that means, I want to encourage you to head over to our website at www.churchvictoria.com. This is our Wednesday evening conversation through the law and the prophets where we open up the Old Testament, we move through the narrative and the text, and we see how it impacts us today as the church and how it how that text connects to Jesus. Um, if you're listening Listening to this on the Heart and Heads podcast. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed to the channel and you have the bell turned on so you get notified every time we upload a video. And if you're watching this on Facebook, make sure to like and share. That really helps us out. And make sure to comment down below. Um, if this ministry has blessed you or you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, I want, I want to encourage you to head over to that website. At the top of the page, we have a donate button that uh, take, will take you to PayPal, and you can partner with us as we seek to teach and preach the gospel. Uh, we're going to pray and get into the lesson. Again, church, thank you so much for joining us. All right, let's pray, guys. Father in heaven, thank you so much for this uh, opportunity that we have to study your your word. We pray your blessings upon us as we continue to move forward in the book of Leviticus. Help us to find the things that that uh, that we can learn and grow from and that we can apply to our lives and that we can become the very best we can be. We thank you, Father, for, for the word and the power of it. We pray your blessings upon us as we study it. And thank you for, for all that you do for us, Father. Thank you for your son, which all of this points to him anyway. And thank you for him. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So, uh, this time we're going to be, uh, we're going to get, we get way past Leviticus 1.1. We're actually going to pick it up in Leviticus 9, but I want to reiterate mm -hmm. what's going on in this book, mm -hmm. right? So the covenant has been broken. Yep. Uh, let's actually back it up even past that. So five books in the Torah, five books in the law of Moses, five books in the Pentateuch, Pentateuch, Torah, law of Moses, all pretty much the same concept. It's the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Leviticus is the middle. It's the most important book, and it's the most important book because it's showing it is a shadow of what we have in the church. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is the first half of Leviticus is about how to get into the presence of God. That's what everything is focused on. That's what this regulation is focused on. This, this, It's getting into, it's moving into the presence of God. Well, Af something I think we need to explain to make sure we understand. You know, there is a covenant relationship. Mm-hmm. That God has instituted. What's a covenant? Well, it's a it's a coming together. It's God making it possible for us to come together. It's like a contract. It's like a contract, kind of. Yeah. You know, it's a it's an agreement between two parties with conditions on both sides. God said, "If you do this, I'll do this," and and we have to decide whether we're going to do this. Well, they broke the covenant. That's right. They broke the covenant. Exodus chapter thirty-two. They broke the covenant, and Leviticus is okay. You're separated from me again because you broke the covenant. It got so bad that you get out of the way, Moses, I'll kill them all and I'll make you and I'll, I'll start over. That's how bad it was. Yep. And so now they have to find a way to get back into the covenant of God. And that's what Leviticus is about. Yeah. So Leviticus is getting them back into the absolutely. holy presence of God. It's what do we what do we do when because God's always going to be faithful mm -hmm. to his covenant? Well, and, most people call when they get to Leviticus because they don't understand that concept. If they understood the concept of the first eight, eight chapters or seven chapters is about getting into the presence of God. It's, this is God said, this is what you need to do. About 16. Well, yeah, pretty much. But, you know, this is what you need to do. And then, and then you know, it, God's, like you're saying, God always provides a way for us to get into his covenant. Whether we do it or not is up to us. Yeah. You know, we talked about atonement 
and what atonement meant, you know, and all of that, and 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 making making payment for sin. You know, God is doing is is putting them in a place where they can have a relationship with Him again. That's right. Like we talked about last week, where when you look at Numbers chapter one, Leviticus chapter one, verse one, He's talking to Him. He's outside the he's right. outside the tent. The Lord now spoke to Moses outside outside, the tent. and now he's in in numbers in the inside tent. because. Here they've done, and they've done this. They've gotten back in a covenant relationship with God. So anyway. Absolutely. So let's look at it. So we're, so at Leviticus 8 uh, is the ordination of Aaron and, and his sons. And all these others. You read the first seven, they're, they're all about, here's offering for this. Here's offering for that. Here's what you do with this. Here's, you know, here's fellowship offering and guilt offering and grain offerings, all for a specific reason. So if you're moving, if you're looking at Leviticus chapter one and you're moving forward into the text, there, there are these these cliff not cliff notes but these like key sayings so you understand who's being spoken to right and so like for example in in chapter 7 verse 22 it says the lord said to moses say to the israelites mm -hmm. so this is mo the lord saying to moses and moses saying to the israelites this is what all these things are but that changes uh that changes right around in chapter 8 when he says okay bring Aaron and his son so we're now we're now we're going to ordain Aaron we're going to ordain these priests we're going to This is the same Aaron that built the calf yes and said mm -hmm. oh I didn't really do anything we threw this goal in and a calf jumped out right that's the same guy same guy and so, so it's it's so actually... guys when you get when you get to a point <laughs> where you think you've crossed God too bad no go back and look at Aaron yeah. Go back and look at Eric. Well, and it's 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 this wonderful thing, right? So, I mean, and we can do this with almost any Bible character. You know, Moses was a murderer. Yes. Abraham yeah. was an adulterer. You Don't know, say a, it. A, a, <laughs> you all, it almost came out of your mouth. Almost did. <laughs> uh, well, I wasn't, I wasn't going to say it until you said don't say it. Now I feel challenged to say it. Um, <laughs> he, Aaron, he, uh, he compromised his wife. Let's he, put it that Abraham way. Abraham absolutely did. He yeah. did. And not um, once. Not, not once. once. But twice. but twice, right? Not yeah. once, but twice. Yeah. Um. So you know, Abraham did did these bad things, right? He uh he lied. I mean, I you should have seen it when I went over that. I went over uh twelve. Now I didn't get as graphic with the the kids in the teen class, but I went over Genesis twelve with them, and I said, look at look at what Abram's doing here. So he's lying about his wife, and then who gets punished? He doesn't get punished. He gets a bunch of stuff. Pharaoh gets punished. I said, Pharaoh didn't even know what's going on. And the, the teenagers are looking at me like, what is going on? Why is God doing this? And I'm like, yeah, when you critically look at the text, you realize, wait a minute, this, this isn't right. The guy who did wrong is being rewarded. The guy who, did, who, who had no idea, who's technically innocent, is being punished. Uh -huh. Why is that? Well, the answer is simple. God is always faithful. God's told Abe in that story particularly, God told Abram, I've got your back. I don't care. It doesn't matter. I've got your back. There was no, there was nothing that Abram had to do. So there was no expectation on Abram's side here. It was a, it was a unilateral covenant. It was God saying, I'm going to do these things. Well, he did, he lost, he lost, I don't want to say he lost faith because he didn't really lose it, but we have these hiccups. We have these, these struggles oh, where you go call it's a hiccup. Well, you have these times where mm -hmm. you believe God, but you don't believe God. Yeah. And he grows yeah. us through it. But ultimately what it shows in Abram and Aaron and Moses's case, God does not call the qualified. He qualifies the called. That's exactly And it's right. so important. Remember, and you know, guys need to write that down. I mean, say so it again. It's, say it's, it again so they get it. God does not. This does not originate with me. No, I know. Somebody else I, said this. This yeah. is not me. Don't quote me. Quote some some some. But it's a great. Man of God. It's a great thing to, to <laughs> you know maybe to to write it down 
stick it on your, you know, stick it on your rearview mirror on your mirror at home. So yeah. you always remember. Well, I was, you know, just so, go ahead, I, say it again. Yeah. So God does not call the qualified. Yes. He qualifies the call. That's right. Uh, very, very important concept to get. And it, it's so important. I was in the prison uh, this past weekend and we I had a guy sitting on the front row who said, you know, I'm a murderer. So what does this have to do with me? You know, and when you're in a prison, you you expect to be talking to murderers, but it's different when one's looking you right in the face and says, I'm a murderer. I killed somebody. I killed somebody. You know, that's, I mean, you know, now it's not a question. Now it's a matter of fact, mm -hmm. right? So it's it's one of those things. And he and he says that, right? And what, what does this gospel have to do to me? Well, the answer is everything. Everything, absolutely. Da David was a murderer uh, and an adulterer. Moses was a murderer. You know, I mean, there are actually, it's actually quite interesting how many of, how many men of God started out as murderers. Mm -hmm. And so, and it, and then if you take it fully, if you come up to Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount, he says, if you hate your brother, you're a murderer. You're guilty of murder. Well, Paul was a murderer. Paul was a murderer. Yeah. So it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's, uh, the point is we're all guilty of sin. And God doesn't look at it from the standpoint of, oh, well, that that's especially egregious sin. Yeah. That's that's the big one. That's that's foolishness. All sin has the same effect. All sin separates us from God. All sin kills us. All sin puts us under enslavement. And so And it only takes one and every one of us. And it only guilty. takes one. Every one of yeah. us is guilty. So the gospel and what God is doing here with this sinful people is bringing them into his presence anyway. I mean, And that's what the gospel is all look about. At, look at the love of God here for a second. God loves his creation so much. This sinful, horrific people. Oh, we have no idea what time it is. I forgot <laughs> to set the timer. Here's the remote for it. Oh, well. Oh, well. Hey, uh, Lee, let us know every once in a while when, we, when we've gotten too far here. Yeah. We're at nine minutes? Okay. Yeah. yeah, let us know. Look, uh, if you thought this was a real posh operation, it's oh, just no, no, no. you're not you getting in the room. Sadly mistaken. <laughs> sadly mistaken. You know, uh, we, we no. We it, try to do the best we can, but sometimes we forget to start hey, the timer. You know, all it's about is about just presenting the text. That's right. So yeah. think think about the love of God for a second here. These are mm -hmm. people who have mm -hmm. spurned him, who have spit on yep. him. I mean, mm -hmm. especially in the case of Aaron. Mm -hmm. Aaron's like, yeah, bring me your bring me your goal. We'll make an image after God literally just said, don't do that, right? Don't make an image for me. Mm -hmm. um, so Aaron's violated the covenant. All these people have violated the covenant. And think of the love of God that he is still doing all of these things mm -hmm. with the intent to bring these people into his presence. He mm -hmm. loves us so much that despite our filth, despite our sin, despite our, despite our, all of those things, our proclivity, despite all of these nasty things about us, right? God wants to bring us in close. Mm -hmm. His thing is, how do I bring them in close and not destroy and, them? And I think something too, we need to keep reiterating. The Old Testament is a, is a, is a, is a picture uh, kind of, and, and you know, when you, when you go, if you don't understand what's here, it's very difficult to understand what's back here. Sure. Because it doesn't, this doesn't make a lot of sense unless you understand this. That's why it's so important. You know, God says he's, everything was written four times written, you know, that we might have hope, that we might learn and have hope. But because God is so faithful and so loving and so caring. I mean, he's going to take Aaron, who just helped the people of God, facilitate them breaking the covenant. Well, That's he, what he did. He became a Aaron who is going to be God's high priest prostituted himself with an image with an idol yeah it became a high priest of an image yeah which should not do god's going to take that man who did that who violated the covenant in such a horrible way and led the people in it as well my my question is how do you how does god forgive that 
I, you know, that that's that's what's so special here. You look in the mirror, guys, and you say, how could God forgive me? Because he's how, just. Because he, because he is a faithful and just God. And because righteous. he loves unconditionally. You know, he loves Aaron. He can, well, let's, let's look at this. Yeah. So we can see it. Look All right. At, so chapter eight is about the ordination of Aaron and we're, we're going to run. We're not, we're not going to look at that. So if you, if you want to look at, there's a lot going on. Oh, here. absolutely. Yeah. And I do yeah. want to draw attention to verse 35, uh, chapter eight, verse 35. It's at the very end, right? Mm -hmm. This is, you must stay. This is, this is talking to Aaron and his sons. You must stay at the entrance of the tent of meeting day and night for seven days and do what the Lord requires. So you will not die. For that is what I have been commanded. So Aaron and his sons did everything the Lord commanded through Moses. And this is, this is Moses telling them that. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've been commanded this. So they're going to stand. Now, again, they're at the entrance of the uh -huh. tent of meeting. So they haven't gone into the presence of God. They haven't done any of that. They've just done the first ritual stuff to be purified, to be washed from and sin. And he tells them that in this things. chapter. He tells them they have, how they're supposed to wash their bodies. They're supposed yep. to wash their clothes. Very detailed. Very detailed. Very detailed. Very detailed okay. What God expects from them. All of this to merely get into the presence of God. Right. That's what that's what's going on here. OK. Chapter nine, verse one. On the eighth day, Moses summoned. So this is after that time. Moses summoned Aaron and his sons and the elders of Israel. He said to Aaron, take a bull calf for your sin offering and a ram for your burnt offering. Now, the sin offering was to make atonement for sin. Mm -hmm. Right. So the priest would lay his hand on mm -hmm. it. And it wouldn't, there would be no transference, okay? <laughs> I'm not transferring my sin to the, to the animal. What's going on is an anointing. You're laying your hands on the, the sin offering, and you're saying, this is dying in my place. Yeah. This is going yeah. in my place. Yeah. So take a bull calf for your sin offering and a ram offering. He doesn't offering. take the sin from you because, no. because the blood of bulls and goats, the Hebrews chapter 10 says, cannot take away sin. Well, and we're going to see that. We'll see that. Yeah, detail. we will. But, it, but it, this is a, this is a here, is, here is what is going to have to die. This is dying. Absolutely. So then uh, it says, and a ram for your burnt offering. The burnt offering was more like a fellowship offering. Yeah. It was more about saying everything, everything and, that and I am. And that's covered in the first seven chapters. It is. Just go look at it. Yeah, you, it is. You, go look at it, guys. It, it, we're not covering all this stuff because we'd be here forever studying this. So, so the burnt offering is, is essentially you saying everything I am is yours. Yeah. Once sin has been taken care of, it's essentially saying everything I am. Yeah. You have all of me. That's what the burnt it's offering like, is It's about. like, and I don't know if I'm jumping the gun on you or not, but it's like when God tells us to repent and be baptized. You know, it's the repent. Here's everything I have. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put that aside and I'm going to give you everything I have. I'm no longer going to live that lifestyle anymore. I would say that's the, the burnt offering in a, in a way. So Romans chapter 12, verse 1 uses language of the burnt offering. Yes, and what it is, does. and it's, it's our offer it's your our, bodies a living sacrifice, and that's our fragrant this is your spiritual act of worship, and it's a fragrant aroma pleasing yeah. to the Lord, yeah. right? And so that's burnt offering language. Yeah. Our continued pursuing of holiness and righteousness in God, loving one another, people, serving the and, community. But people don't, don't understand. That's what repentance means. Sure, yeah, it means to turn from that one life and go that way. We, yeah, your repentance is I'm dedicating myself to that. That's exactly right. That's, right? that's that. kind of what the burnt offering is. Yes. It, okay, here's what's going to die. I'm dedicating myself to that. Yep, right. absolutely. Okay. Then you say to the Israelites, take a male goat for a sin offering, a calf and a lamb, both a year old without defect for a burnt offering and an ox. So they're offering a whole lot of A whole stuff. lot, a whole lot. And a ram for a fellowship offering to sacrifice before the Lord, together with a grain offering mixed with olive oil. For today the Lord will appear to you, which is a big deal because he hasn't appeared to them. Yep. They yeah. broke covenant. Mm -hmm. So this is, understand the context of Leviticus 9. Leviticus 9 is the covenant was broken at Exodus 32. God committed in Exodus 34 to restoring that covenant. Mm -hmm. Leviticus 9 is all about the restore, the restoring mm -hmm. of that covenant. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
So uh, do take all these these animals for offering. They took the things Moses commanded to the front of the tent of meeting, and the entire assembly came near and stood before the Lord. Gosh, and the last time this, is ha this had happened, God was up on Mount Sinai, and they were worshiping an image, yep. right? Yep. So this is what the Lord has commanded you to do, so that the glory of the Lord may appear to you. Moses said to Aaron, Come to the altar and sacrifice your sin offering and your burnt offering and make atonement for yourself and the people. Sacrifice the, uh, the offering that is for the people and make atonement for them as the Lord has commanded. So remember how now, much work it took to I get wanna, Aaron into this position. Go ahead. I want The people are standing in a group. Don't have a clue about any of this. In a sense, okay? I mean, I'm... I'm they don't have the, the responsibility for all of this this sin deal falls to Moses and the high priest. Aaron and his sons, yeah. And Aaron and his sons, yeah. Aaron and his that's, sons. No, that's a big deal because we're about to get in Leviticus 10. And, and Aaron and, and his and sons. It's, and, it's, and I think I'm on it and I think, you know, here we are. We have, no, we have nothing I can do. I can't give anything. There's nothing I can give. Everything that I am... And everything that I can be, everything that I will be, is hinges on my high priest. Without him, I ain't got squat. I got nothing. Yeah. Thankfully, my high priest is Jesus. Yes. Everything here points to what what's happening to what happens to us. Yeah. You know, all these, all these. Jesus didn't have to take all these animals and all this stuff and offer them burnt offerings and cut throats and bleed blood. Said the Book of Hebrews said he took his own blood in the in the holy place. He offered his own blood. He offered right. himself. That's right. That's why his sacrifice was perfect. And it was it, it covered everything. Go, go ahead. Absolutely. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, no. You're fine. All right. So Aaron came to the altar, slaughtered the calf as a sin offering for himself. Notice what Aaron has to do here. Before he can make offering. Now, he's already been sitting seven days at the entrance of the tent yep. with the oil on him. And he still has to offer another yep. sin offering. Mm -hmm. Understand what this is building up to. Like, holy, how much, how much sin do we got here? That's, that's what we should be thinking. Yeah. Look at all of the offerings that Aaron's having to offer for himself. That doesn't make me feel very good. You mean my own high priest is having to offer a sin offering? What's going on there? You know, you see what, this is why Jesus' offering is so important. Jesus didn't have to offer anything for and his And that's sin why, offering. that's why when you study, if you study the book of Hebrews in the New Testament, you have to have an understanding of this. Mm-hmm. Without that, absolutely. He, Hebrews is just a bunch of words on a page. It doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense yeah. if you don't understand this. If you don't understand the sacrificial system and what's how, going on, here. how it mirrors itself. I mean, yeah. it says that's why when when God tells Moses, says you make this stuff exactly like I tell you. Yeah. Because you're making a shadow. You're making a, this. You're mirroring the what I what's here. That's exactly what's happening here. That's right. You better do this right. Because down the road, come come a time when a, when the high priest is gonna the real high priest, the true high priest, not like you. All right. Absolutely, absolutely. So his sons brought the blood to him, and he dipped his finger into the blood and put it on the horns of the altar. So the altar would have been outside the tent. Mm -hmm. So you would have had a ring. You would have had a tent in the middle. It would have been a long tent in the middle. And that's where you had the Ark of the Covenant and all of those types of things. And the most and then, holy place, that's where God was going to dwell. Right. Yep. And then outside of that, you would have the altar, mm -hmm. right? And you would have stations for butchering animals. And then there'd be a, a wall, a tent wall around the whole compound. So it'd be like a big compound. So they haven't gone into the tent yet. He's still They're outside. They're in the compound it. where the altar is offering right. the sacrifice. And he's putting his blood on the, on the horns of the altar, it says. Mm -hmm. So... That, that was a normal thing. The horns signified power. 
Yeah. Okay. And so yeah. that's, so he's putting that blood there. Uh, so Aaron came, slaughtered the calf sin offering. His sons brought the blood to him and he dipped his finger into the blood, put it on the horns of the altar. The rest of the blood he poured out to the base of the altar. On the altar, he burned the fat, the kidneys, and the long lobe of the liver from the sin offering as the Lord commanded Moses. The flesh and the hide he burned up outside the camp. Okay. So how does that work? And when did he did it? It doesn't really explain that. So did somebody else take it, take that stuff outside the camp and burn it? We're not really sure, but that's how the sin offering was done. You have to take sin and remove it from outside the camp, mm -hmm. right? And so when you say this thing is dying on my behalf, notice what happens with sin. It has to be dealt with out, right? We deal with it here with the blood, but then it is removed from the camp. Sin never stays with the camp. It's a very important thing to get because when we make that commitment, repentance and baptism, are we to remain in sin? No. Shall we continue no. in sin so that grace no. may increase? May no. it never be. No. Mm -mm. Right. So, but that's but that's the concept we don't grab a hold of. Oftentimes, no. You know, and that's what we try so hard here to teach. We have a responsibility to live a a, a holy life, a sin. And sinful. we have every and we have every reason to. God's going to help us. Absolutely. Do it. God's going to help. He us tells do us it. that in First John. He tells us that in Hebrews. He tells us that in Romans. He tells that Ephesians, Galatians. All of those books tell us that that we have a responsibility to live a holy life. We can't just make. We just don't do words. God's expecting actions from us, a lifestyle from us. Yep. You know, you can't come to church on Sunday and think I got my ticket punched and everything's good. That's 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 ridiculous. That's that doesn't that's not biblical at all. The Sunday assembly is the pep rally and the rest of the week is the game. Absolutely. That's how we ought to look at it. Absolutely. Uh it's just, it's just as simple. You come Sunday morning to get jazzed up, you come Sunday morning to get charged up, you get come Sunday morning to get encouraged to go back out and run the game. I, I was during in, the week. I was in a and I don't know, John may be watching this, but I was in Harbor Freight yesterday. Well, I know this is going to be a it's going to be a week later after when they see this, but uh, and I saw uh, John and Kathy L in there, and uh, it was so good to see them. They'd had family in from from out of the, out of the country, and and they had they had been tied up with traveling and stuff, and I hadn't seen them. And it was so good to see them, and it just you know when I see them at some, when I see Kathy coming to my class, I know that John's in the foyer and over here in the building doing what he does, and uh, and it's it that does pep me up. Yeah, it does charge me up. I don't when you say pep rally, I don't have to have somebody standing on the altar, you know, you know, jumping up and down, and and you know that's not what this is about. You know, I can I can walk into my classroom and see your children sitting at a table eating cereal, mm -hmm. getting ready for class, jacked up. I'm jacked up because I know because I just watched Sunday before. I I listened to them recite their memory verses. I'm looking listening to the little bitty one, Judah, and he's and he's going every once in a while he he got his mouth working the right way. He's trying to he don't got it yet. He don't have it yet. No but sure. he's getting there and I'm going, Man, man, this is this is, I, I get chills just thinking about it. That jacks me up. That's what he's talking about, a pep rally. It's not a, you know, we're not here to entertain you guys. We're not going to, I don't want to be entertained. Well, the point, the point of the pep rally, if, I mean, and maybe my sport metaphor is off, but the point of the pep rally is to get charged up and jazzed up, not to be entertained, mm -hmm. but to get charged up yeah. and jazzed up to go to the game and perform. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so that's, that's how I mean it. Yeah. I certainly I, don't mean that. I just want to make sure that they understand. Oh, okay. Okay. They understand. We're not here entertaining people. No. We're. The entertainment, when I drive in the parking lot, I'm already, I'm, I'm getting there already. Yeah, I'm for already sure. There. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So then he slaughtered the burnt offering. His uh, sons handed him the blood. So, of course, you have to do the sin offering first mm -hmm. before we do this burnt offering. Mm -hmm. And he splashed it against the sides of the altar. They handed him the burnt offering piece by piece, including the head, and he burned them on the altar. He washed the internal organs and legs, burned them on top of the burnt offering on the altar. Aaron then brought the offering that was for the people. So now, so all of this stuff was for the priests. Yeah. He had to do all this stuff for the priests. Yeah. Now he's doing it for mm -hmm. the people, right? Aaron then brought the offering that was for the people. He took the goat for the people's sin offering and slaughtered it and offered it for a sin offering as he did with the first one. He brought the burnt offering and offered it in the prescribed way. He also brought the grain offering, took a handful of it, burned it on the altar in addition to the morning's burnt offering. He slaughtered the ox and the ram as the fellowship offering for the people. His sons handed him the blood and he splashed it against the sides of the altar. But the fat portions of the ox and the ram, the fat tail, the layer of fat, the kidneys, and the long lobe of the liver, these they laid on the breasts and then Aaron turned the fat on the altar. Aaron waved the breast and the right thigh before the Lord as a wave offering, as Moses commanded. Then Aaron lifted his hands toward the people and blessed them. And having sacrificed the sin offering, the burnt offering, and the fellowship offering, he stepped down. Moses and Aaron then went into the tent of meeting. Mm -hmm. First time this has happened since the glory of the Lord yep. descended on this. Since they finished building yep. the tabernacle, the tent, the tent of meeting, and the glory of the Lord descended on it, this is the first time that someone's been able to enter this, into the tent. This is a part of the text you ought to have circled, highlighted. You know, I, that's what I'm saying. You ought to have, you know, it, it ought to be ought to be circled and everything because because this is important. Look it's at what it says. important. Moses and Aaron then went into the tent of meeting. When they came out, they blessed the people and the glory of the Lord appeared to all the people. He'd been gone. He left them. Well, he was he was he was even speaking to Moses. He's in the tent. Moses outside. Well, remember what he said after after the sin, right before before the 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 golden calf episode. God's like, my angel's gonna go before you, right? The angel that has my presence in him. Yeah. That, so me in this is going before you, and I'm gonna drive out the nations. I'm gonna do all these things, and then the people sin, and God tells Moses in Exodus 33. No, I ain't going nowhere near you. I ain't going nowhere near you because if I go with you, I'll destroy you. Yep. And I don't want to do that. I'm yep. doing something important with you, so I'm just not going to yep. go. Yep. And that's when Moses comes up to God and says, basically, take me. I'm going to I'm gonna try to atone for your sin. Take, take. He tells the people, I'm going to atone for your sin. And what he tells Moses, you're not good enough. That's what he's saying. He doesn't say that. But that's really what, it, because what we know because of Jesus, he's not good enough. He it, can't take Moses. It's not, it's true. That's, that's what you're saying is true, that Moses isn't good enough to do that. However, there needs to, the, the importance of there needs to be an intercessor. Mm -hmm. That's really what we should be looking yeah, at yes, with Moses. You're right. You're right. But the, but in the, in the moment there. But he's not the intercessor. He's not the intercessor. He's a type. He's, not, he's a type, but he's not the intercessor. So, but God, but God's like, no, we're not going to, I'm not going to come into your prep. Now look. Yeah. Now that we've yeah. restored. So how important is this day? Do you figure? How oh, important is uh, this day? Oh. Because we're about to get in Leviticus 10. If this day doesn't happen, they might they might as well they're gonna die in the wilderness. The reason I'm pointing this out, because when we get into Leviticus 10, something radical is gonna happen. Something horrible is gonna happen. And we need to put this event in the proper context because people come and camp out in Leviticus 10 to, to make theological points that just aren't true. This is, this is a huge day. This is a restoration of the covenant. Absolutely. This is the crux of a new era. And I don't, I, Cole, I don't think, I hope that we can get this across of how important this is to us. It is. I don't know that... I hope that we're doing that, guys. We're going to try really hard through this study of Leviticus to make sure that you understand how important all of this is to us.
That's why it's sad when we get bogged down in this book, because this is the book that should matter a whole, more than anything to us of what he's saying, what he's doing, what's happening here. I mean, you know, I mean, God's presence come. Look at what it said. It says, when they came out, they blessed the people and the glory of the Lord appeared to all the people. Fire came out from the presence of the Lord and consumed the burnt offering and the portion, fat portion on the altar. And when all the people saw it, they shouted for joy and fell face down. The covenant's been they, were, they were doing the same thing when the calf jumped out. That's true. That's true. Weren't they? They were reveling and having all kinds of nasty, doing all kinds of stuff. Well, they're not doing nasty stuff no, here. But, they were but, doing nasty no, stuff there. But, they, but they, you see, when it left to us, what we do? Yep. When you leave religion to us, what happens? We mess it all up. We're really good at that. Oh, yeah. We're really good at messing it go. all up. If we just go to the book and say, okay, what happens here? You know, I mean, really, what's happening here? I, I want to fire from the presence of the Lord. That must have been something to see. I'm sure it was. Wow, man. Fire coming out and consuming the altar, the stuff on the altar, consuming the fat portion. Man, they didn't have even burned it yet. That's God's right. going to come in and come in and burn it. Just like what happened on Mount Carmel when when uh, uh when the when the prophets of Baal mm. and God's came down when Elijah, you know, taunted them and said, Hey, well, call on your God, man. Maybe he's on vacation, maybe he's sleeping. He, I think he said maybe he's maybe he's relieving himself somewhere. I think <laughs> yeah. that's what Elijah said. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, you know, it, you know, we're, we're run out of time, but, uh, you know, cause I, we can't get into chapter 10 now. No, we, we don't can't, have near but we're time. setting up for it. Yes. We're setting up for guys, it. Guys don't miss next week. Don't miss next week. So this is, this is, this is like the kickoff of God's spiritual war, right? Remember what we've been looking for. And this is going all the way back to Genesis chapter three. We've been that's looking exactly. for the seed of woman, the seed of the woman, the seed of woman that's going to come and kill the, kill the enemy. And gonna save us all. That's what yeah. we've been looking for. Yeah. And we've been asking, is it Moses. this person? Is this person? Is this person? And it's not Moses. It's not it's, it's not, not Moses. But we know it's coming from this line. Yes. We know it's coming from these people. It's we coming it's from coming this from family. These events. It's coming. This is gonna all make sense when you look at Jesus. Say, when you look at the cross and you do, you know, like for us as Christians, when we take communion, then oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. You know, I am I am consuming the part of the sacrifice. I'm re being reminded of and consuming spiritually the part of the sacrifice. We're, we're, not, we're not consuming it. All it is is a spiritual reminder for us of what the true high priest did for us. Not Aaron, but the true high priest did. It's amazing. It's amazing. You know, I can't, uh, you know, I mean, just studying this, you know, I've, I've got a whole new perspective of the book of Leviticus just studying this. It's, you know, it's very, it's Leviticus is, again, how do we get into the presence of God? And what we've learned here. A lot of blood. A lot of blood. Sin's going to require a life. A lot of blood. Sin's going to require a death. Let's pray. Next week, chapter 10. Man, it's going to be fun. Mm -hmm. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the for the way that you've dealt with your people. Thank you so much, Father, for what, you, what you're teaching us here and what we're learning about our own Savior, what we're learning about our intercessor, our own high priest, uh, how special he was, Father, to to accomplish the, the mission and accomplish the goals that he had to accomplish and to put all this into perspective, we thank you so much, Father. Bless us as we move forward. Help us to be the people that he died to make us into. Father, we could not get there on our own. And we know that you will qualify us as we as we come to you. And we thank you for that. Bless us, Father, as we do that. And thank you again for the opportunity we've had to study. And Father, for all those that are watching and, and listening to us, I pray for each one of them. Help each one of them as they as they struggle in their own lives. 
Help them to learn the things that are going to help them to come to you and to be faithful to you for the rest of their lives. Bless them, Father. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.